0: And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 260, aka year six, week 10, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC and returning guest and schooling. And since this is your weekly call-in show, uh, those numbers are 303 335 or 303-835-1301. That's 303 335 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so what is going on with you guys this week? How's, how's your quarantine going? Is anybody getting like molested and pulled over over there? Because I'm worried. There is.
1: People are actually... There are 70 people pulled over and two people arrested.
0: Jesus. In Hawaii. What? Just for going for going to the beach. Well, on what grounds are they stopping people?
2: Well, I'm sure that they consider coronavirus as an imported uh, disease that's coming across the ocean, so you got to stay away from the beach.
0: Okay, <laughs> so is that is that how they're getting people? Because like I drive without a license, right? So like my biggest concern is always when I'm on the road, do I or do I not give them a reason to pull me over? And if I don't give them a reason to pull me over, I should be able to remain unmolested throughout my day-to-day life. Um, I've only been caught twice in like six, seven, eight years, eight years now. I've only been caught twice, um, you know, driving without their, their valid piece of plastic. Uh, but what makes me nervous is if, if, it, if they're checking everyone with coronavirus, like are checkpoints going up? It, you know, that's the kind of thing that I have questions about. Not here
2: for coronavirus uh, yet that I know of, because they don't have any tests for them. They, you know, okay. they very few of them. And uh, I've heard of people who wanted to be tested to see if the symptoms they had were coronavirus. And they said, oh, no, no, you don't fit the criteria. You haven't come from Iran. And, uh, uh, and you're not, uh, you don't have documentation that you were exposed to somebody who already has coronavirus. So therefore, we don't even have a test for you. Though okay. so it's, um, you know, they, they don't do that. And,
1: unless you're a politician or actor or somebody famous. And then and somehow those people always get the test.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. But the the people that had gotten busted there were like out in public on the beach violating some closed beach order. Something yes. to that effect. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say this. Good on them. Because fuck that nonsense. Number one. Right. And, and number two. But, you know, hopefully they understa- they understood what was going to happen. Right, because I, I left, um, we're, we're recording the show on Saturday, what is it today, the 28th. Uh, I do Free Talk Live on Sunday, so I left Free Talk Live last week, Sunday. And the conversation I had ahead of time was, man, if, if that's what they start doing here, right, knowing my situation. Number one, it's going to be difficult uh, for me to have the conversation with M and t- to tell her that I'm going out today. And I may not come back because I may get arrested and that's just going to be it. On the other hand, right? this is the type of thing that I moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project for, right? I didn't move to run for office. I didn't move to wave signs. I didn't move to, you know, shake hands with politicians. I didn't move to vote for more freedom and more liberty. Uh, I moved to stick it to the man uh, in any way possible. And as long as they leave me unmolested... I go about my daily life to the best of my ability, and I leave them alone, right, as much as possible. Um, but this type of situation, if they're bringing the fight and saying, like, you're, you're not allowed to go, and we're setting up checkpoints and blah, 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 and this and that, well then, yeah, now's 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 you know now's where the rubber hits the road as far as my move is concerned, and out I go off to, you know, see what becomes of it. Um, and I think tomorrow we're going to be having a meetup as well, uh, you know, pre-show, and violating whatever quarantine order exists hopefully uh, i think they uh, originally it was a 50 person gathering or less ban uh, and they had a meetup and i, I missed it but they don't—they only had like 16 people there so it wasn't going to be that exciting anyway they just they put out the thing that we're going to get 51 people just to see how much uh, attention they could gather uh and now there's some you know they they called it like a, a stay-at-home order
1: we lost you for a second <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. How much did you lose? Because I was talking, well,
1: about ten seconds. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. So I was, you know, the 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 people out in Keene uh, had a had a gathering uh, where they were expecting fifty-one people, or at least that's what they put out in the press release to break the the fifty-person or less quarantine order. It, <laughs> they never expected to get that much. Apparently, sixteen people showed up. Our regular gatherings only like ten to fifteen on a regular basis anyway, so no big deal there. Um, but now there's like a stay-at-home order. And apparently, from what I gather from other free staters, is even that is a little bit different here in New Hampshire. Like, the order is merely a suggestion, right? The governor issued an order, but it was like, you should probably stay at home as opposed to, you know, you're going to get arrested if you come out. Uh, I'm getting a lot of noise and feedback in the background. Can can that be addressed? It, I don't know. What's is going. from
2: from mine, Matthew, or is it? Actually, I see... The signal says recording on yours and Rich's, but uh, there's no recording sign on
0: mine. I yeah, don't know you have makes any difference. No, because we hit the record button, so don't worry oh, about okay. that. But okay. it, I don't know. It sounds like a, a washing machine or some noise, some background noise. I'm trying to talk oh, just, over it, but it's just gone an open now. Window. Okay, maybe that's it. It, w- it was me. Oh, okay. Huh? Well, thank you for addressing it. <laughs> so moving on. So yeah, so that's what's going on here. Um, but other than that, you know, like I said, as, as best I can going about my daily business, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's dumb dom- uh, once again, and I don't, it's not going to go away anytime soon. So it's, it's dominating the news cycle. Um, uh, so every, just about every, uh, article that I have this week for, for show prep is some, as some, some aspect of it related to this epidemic pandemic lockdown, you know, quarantine order. Uh, and I just, you know, Feel free to jump in, but I think it's a bunch of B.S. Well, I think
2: the thing that uh, is most worrisome about this is that people who would normally be very skeptical of government, when there's fear, they rush to the government. They, they almost hold them up as, um, as figures to rescue them. You know, like with this uh, massive bailout, uh, $2 trillion, it seems like only one Congressman was even willing to to vote against it. Right, and uh, not a a single challenge to it. Um, And that that's the thing that's the greatest fear is that. I mean, I I don't mind the the idea of people responding to a fearsome situation, but what troubles me is that people think that the government and government leaders are are somehow on their side it's like when when the country is attacked and war you know like uh, the, with the 9-11 thing suddenly everybody looked to the government for the solution
0: well yeah and, and trump is considering himself a wartime president now because it's war on covid19
1: yeah. yeah so i would like to point out uh, a, a big difference between this crisis and, and the last one uh, the last one there was the biggest outcry ever, uh, and the most amount of calls into politicians into D.C. telling them not to bail out the banks.
0: And this time, that doesn't exist. Well, because a lot so, of people are expecting to be a uh, be a participant of that handout, right? Well, the, the, that's the, fine. The check payment.
1: What, what I'm saying is, there, there's no resistance to the bailout, and it's it's actually not even. I don't even consider it a bailout this time. It's it's more like, uh, it's it's more like a government takeover now this this time, um, and and nobody is telling the government no, you can't do this. Um, so, I think, uh, well, maybe I've been watching too much, you know, Peter Schiff, and other people's YouTube ch- channels. Um, I'm actually kind of worried. I think, uh, you know, now the the U.S. took uh. Instead of cre- creeping towards socialism, I think we're, you know, almost full-blown socialism if, if things don't turn around in the next year or two.
0: Okay. Uh, what what do you see as far as it being socialism and what needs to turn around? Like what what well, are the indicators for you? Socialism is when the government owns the means of production. And
1: that's what they're buying up right now. Um, and I don't know if they have an intention of selling them back to, you know, private owners, but, um, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, how this is going to play out. So Ken thoughts, I don't either. I,
2: I think that, um, we could trust the, the, the market when there are, um, Automatic responses, spontaneous order and that sort of thing to, to respond to things. But in this case when the government shuts down the market then you don't have those um, you know automatic responses so that's the, it is very frightening to think of where, where it could go. And I don't see anybody on uh, in the, the major parties uh, um, among the Democrats or the Republicans on either side
0: challenging the, the government's role. In this uh, sort of thing could the free market have handled this like how would how would that look um i'll let you i'll let you answer but mostly because i i'm had a, a brief conversation with M uh before hitting the record button here and she's a little upset at us free market types because what would what's to, the free market isn't stopping uh people from walking into the grocery store and sneezing on the produce or coughing on the produce well, but it is a truly free market
2: allows the uh, the owner of the marketplace to restrict entry. You know, try try to have a store where you say, "Oh, I'm sorry, you can't come into my store now." But then you say, "Well, public access. I have a right to get into your store because I otherwise you're discriminating against me." And a, a truly free market has a right to because there's also liability. You know, you don't. Know, I mean, airlines did. Uh, start to shut down flights because they uh they knew there were there was danger to their customers to their uh, to their reputation and to their um, staff when they were flying people who may have been uh they i i think it's perfectly reasonable within a truly free market uh for there to be all of the cautionary responses to any kind of uh, Potential outbreak in a, in a disease. I mean, I, I don't allow people into my house if I think that they're uh, coughing and, and have all kinds of uh, uh, you know symptoms of a disease. I should have a right to exclude them
0: from my business as well. Ah, but, but what if, if they're, they're if, surreptitious if the and are... they sneak in, they suppress the cough prior to entry and then unleash hell in your marketplace?
1: Then they kick them out.
0: Well, you kick them out, but then also you, you bear the responsibility
2: for it. I mean, see, that's what the role of insurance companies is, is the insu- role of insurance companies in the marketplace is to um, assert a, uh, a monitoring system of liability. And it, now we just uh, assume that, well, the government's going to take over that whole role of monitoring instead of private alternatives in the in the insurance market. I mean, an insurance company. Presumably, if you if you're going to be held liable for um, uh, for contaminating all of your customers, the insurance rates are going to go way up. So, the way you prevent the insurance rates from going way up is you insist on the policyholder uh, having certain policies and practices in place that that um, make it less likely to to occur. So, what about? Go ahead. Go ahead, MC.
1: I want to say there's there's also another assumption that we shouldn't make and that is the assumption that the government is going to uh, help stop the spread of the, the coronavirus at all I mean we don't we don't know uh, what the outcome is going to be this is kind of a new new territory for for the world and it's a, it's a new virus and, and Right. By all accounts, that you know, the, the flu has been more deadly than, than coronavirus, and uh, you know, I hope it's I hope coronavirus doesn't catch up to the the amount of deaths that the flu causes. But um, but there's just there's more unknowns than there are knowns, and I and I don't want to give government credit for
0: uh, stopping it. Okay, so number one, they will take credit. Uh, back to you bri- briefly, Ken, because I wanna I wanna I had some follow-up questions Re- again related to the conversation I was having with M. What about the individual bad actor, right? Like the 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 company, the marketplace assumes the liability for any any damage, but how much responsibility and how much liability is in the in the hands of the coffer, right? The guy who surreptitiously snuck into the market and coughed on all the produce with the intent of getting everyone sick. Like how does he be, how is he held to account? Well, well, there isn't a perfect world. You could say that
2: Yes, um, a customer could go into Walmart, uh, bring in a gun, and just start shooting everybody. I mean, you you, you can't have the perfect world where everything is is uh, going to be shielded from the possibility of a bad actor doing damage to other people. But you can set up systems that, I mean, uh, systems of 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 liability and responsibility, and allowance of a variety of different kinds of actions that make those things less likely and um i mean when you consider i mean what what has been the behavior of government over the past 11 years or um no more than that since uh 2003 in iraq they've been wreaking havoc on another part of the world um and it's barely noticed you know yeah. i mean you know that's that's just part of the third page news About what uh, the government has done abroad as regular normal practice, right? So one, uh, you know, yeah.
0: One of the points that I brought up to M again is a very brief discussion. I'm kind of flushing out with the conversation that we could have had uh, with you, Ken. Uh, One of the points that I brought up is like I don't, I don't want to live in a world, or I don't want to exist in a system, right, where uh, liability can be traced back to an individual for getting someone else sick right? Like you, you're, you send your kid to school and he comes home with a cough and you get the cough, right? But he got it from another kid. So now you're, you're holding the other kid liable, but no, it's the parents who left him at school. So now, now that parent is like legally liable because you got a cough and you're feeling ill, right? Under a system where, you know, getting someone else sick is, is a criminal act, right? Like to me, that's, that's extreme. Um, and a little, little terrifying in and of itself, right? I'd rather I'd rather be, you know, in the world where you take personal responsibility for keeping yourself healthy, right? If that means staying away from others or vetting the markets that you go to, uh, to make sure that they're vetting their customers, right? If you want to go to the market with, you know, TSA check, TSA like checkpoints to get in where everyone's temperature is taken and colon and clean and whatever, to make sure that you can buy an apple, right? That's the market for you. Right, I, I will take my chances with the coughed-on produce and just wash it when I get home, personally. Right, but but I don't like you know I don't like the legal liability of you know if someone had coughed and I get sick that they're somehow liable for my illness. Right, is, am I making sense? What are you, do you have any, yeah, any yeah, more thoughts I, I on I that? I understand that. Uh, what I think of is what the early law in England
2: was regarding uh, fires, for example. If a fire broke out in your house and it then caused uh, a fire to spread, I mean because houses were often close together they were they were made of wood, uh, combustible uh, and, uh, and they didn't have electricity so you know they had candles and fireplaces and, and a lot of fire. Uh, they knew that the risk was high that the fire that broke out in one person's house, even if by an accident, uh, could cause serious damage, not only to the neighbors, but to the whole neighborhood. Right. So the legal liability law said, well, you know, even though it may have been an accident that your fire, um, you know, you, you're still liable for the damage that you do to your neighbor or that is done to your neighbor by the spreading of the fire. You may not have purposely wanted to. That to happen, but you take precautions to limit that liability. In other words, the the existence of liability causes or results in preventative measures, and that's the same thing with your health. If your you know, uh, your health and other things, uh, you you take preventative measures um, in order to prevent that. And by the way, with regard to that law, um, even your agent, an employee of yours, like right. a maid or a butler or something like that, if they if they had caused the accident then you're still liable for your 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 the act, action of agent okay. so that causes you to be very careful in your training and your discipline um, of and who you hire well and that's okay. the, the same kind of practice you want to have uh, in society on other things as well
0: i'm i'm going to say maybe because the way you're the way you're explaining that comes across to me as you're more on I'm going to say her side, but taking, taking that position where if I were, if I were to cough, you know, in the same room as you and you all of a sudden contracted the same illness as me, Ken, that I'm, I'm responsible for your medical bills because it can be traced back to me here. Well, if it, that's the thing, It, it, I think you have to be able to
2: trace it. And if it is traceable in that manner, uh, and they, there are a lot of vague things that's very hard to trace but i'm yeah. guessing that people under those circumstances will become a, a lot better at tracing the origin of these things because they do want to hold people accountable because they want to prevent these things from happening let me mention again how this relates to the fire circumstance of of london sure because of that legal liability there was a whole world of insurance and fire protection services that sprang up Know, the insurance companies would say, okay, we can we can shield you uh, from the risk of that. You can buy insurance from us, and our insurance company now has fire prevention measures. We will send the inspector into your house to show you all the things to do in your house to make a fire less likely to break out. We'll probably even require you to build a distance, some distance from the next-door neighbor's house. We will have a fire uh, team that when there is a fire that breaks out, from bells ringing and so on, we'll send them as fast as possible over to you. In fact, they even had competing fire prevention companies that would go as quickly as possible to put out the fire because they got rewarded for doing so, and the insurance it benefited the insurance company. And uh, so there were all these things that sprang up in the market to prevent fires. And then what the government did, of course, uh, and I think what happened was that the insurance companies thought, well, We can justify the fire prevention services as being a public good, so the government will tax everybody to put up government fire prevention services and we don't have to. All we have to do is uh, collect money on the insurance side, we don't have to have the expense of putting things out. So it was that corruption of the government, getting the government involved on one side of the the task that, that ruined the system. But it sprung up in America, we had volunteer fire departments all over the place. And uh, they were competing uh, to put out fires uh, as quickly as possible. With the, And they would get donations from uh, from their social. They they were whole social groups. They provided social activity and insurance for each membership because they were in competing teams to put out fires as fast as possible because they won sure. the prize of a payout from an insurance company that, that had their property saved. So all these competitive forces in the marketplace are really beneficial. And I think the same thing would apply uh, in,
0: in all areas of risk, including health. See, and I hear you, and uh, we might just have to agree to disagree. Uh, because to me, all of that, uh, all of that setup and all that premise would, to me, incentivize poor behavior, right? If you, if you know that your neighbor's fire burning, you, you know, if you're, if you know your neighbor's house catches fire, it could impact yours. And you choose to build close to your neighbor anyway, right? To me, you know the risk, right? If you, if you knowingly go to a supermarket amidst uh, a, a health crisis, right, you know that someone with the, with the disease may have gone in there, right? Uh, so you have, I, to, I you have to take personal responsibility and mitigate your own behavior as opposed to trying to find out who to blame for why you got sick or why your house yes. burned down.
2: Yesterday, I went to uh, a store in Chinatown, a market. I was trying to buy some peanuts that uh, my wife likes to roast and prepare them for uh, things around the house. I was coming home from another errand, and I stopped off at the market. And I walked up to the door and started to go in, and the owner, wearing a mask, said, I'm sorry, you cannot come in without a mask. He has every right to do that. And in fact, I'd say that the marketplace encourages that kind of behavior. Okay. whereas if the government said well no you're not responsible for anything that happens to anybody in your store oh well then you might as well come in because I'm not responsible right. he and and he's giving up a sale to a customer yeah because he I'm, he you know and so I'd say those are market responses to these things and legitimate ones
0: I don't think we're in disagreement when it comes to what the private property owner is allowed to do on his or his own property right? Like you, Mm -hmm. if if you own the store, you can do what you want. Right. But, Mm -hmm. but like I said, there, there, it is possible that they missed something, right. That someone got through, you know, uh, when, when this whole first thing started, we, you know, we had a regular, um, meetup at the beginning of the month and, you know, it was a, it was a large gathering. No one was too concerned at that time, but like, you know, one of our friends came in, uh, wearing goggles, and one of the, you know, the the the, the nurse mask, right? Mm-hmm. She looked ridiculous. Uh, but she was wearing it, and I'm like, are you serious? Or are you like, are you gagging right now? And apparently she was a little, she was kind of serious, right? She was like, I don't want to get sick. I'm doing this, right? And, but then in order to eat dinner, she took the goggles off, put it on the table, took the mask off, put it on the table. And when she was done and was leaving for the evening, she put everything back on her face, right? <laughs> So my, my point is, uh, at any time, you know, even if you had put the mask on to go into this dude's store at any time, you could have taken the mask off, right? It's not like he wasn't personal shopping you. He wasn't walking you around the store. So you could have taken the mask off, done any sort of nefarious things, me coming in after you. I don't know what went on ahead of time. I'm trusting the owner, you know, with his with his mask policy. Uh, but I I personally have to take the responsibility that going into the store in this env- in this environment is risky behavior and I should be responsible for my own well-being and the re- and the consequences of my choice to go into that store or any place else at a time like this.
2: Yes, and part of your responsibility is what contamination you may spread to other people i mean but again you you said you have the right to to set up whatever policy you want but actually under under the government rules these days no you don't have the right you can't exclude uh uh uh, access to a customer you know they'll they'll you know they can get the 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 policeman on their side say well what do you mean you're not allowing this we're going to sue you for uh discriminating against the person now they might not with that in under these circumstances today but who knows so i would say yes you should have the absolute right to make those policies and the, yeah. the thing is the marketplace that's not where we're in is, disagreement. Is a, is a pl- marketplace is a place of extraordinary discovery if people realize the sense of responsibility they will find ways to be much more uh careful um and much more to solve all these problems that that with with government you don't necessarily get a, a solution that solves the problem. You get a solution that that was popular with some uh bureaucrat, but you don't necessarily get a solution that is uh, effective because you're not having all the
0: varieties of the marketplace working problems through. Right. And again, that I think we're we're gonna be in a complete agreement on that. Because you know, one of the one of the things that came up, uh, you know, we took a lot of callers on Free Talk Live, and a lot of them, you know, were a lot of them were voicing their discontent with the way the government has responded so far. But what, what came up, and the interesting aspect to me is how many uh, libertarians, free market, freedom oriented, you know, liberty minded individuals, anarchists, right, were okay with the government response because this is a crisis, right? And my yeah. response at the time was, well the the libertarian position should always be less regulation, less government, you know, as often as possible in every case, right? You know, it shouldn't be like, oh, this 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 particular case is special so we need more regulation, we need we need intervention into the marketplace, right? It's like, no. Libertarian position, anarchist position, get the government out of it. Let things fall as they may, right? Let the chips lie as they will. Uh and if you truly believe in the, you know, the free market process, it'll sort itself out more efficiently, faster, and in better form than anything that the government can mandate top-down. Here's something that may very much appeal to you. Uh,
2: you know how when you sign uh, a loan or sign some kind of document and there's all this fine print in there, and all you do is say, okay, to proceed, check here that you agree to this legal document. Um and you you know that situation well with with um, the kinds of of uh, business and activity that you had. Well, suppose you have the same opportunity, not just for accepting the music you're going to download, but for the same liability that you have for entering into a store. That you, uh, in order to enter this store, just check this box, and all the fine print that goes along with it. Do you agree to it? Now, you would probably insist that well. Uh, if they check the box they've got to read it and really understand it
0: (laughs) no one checks no one reads the box i know i know
2: but in that in that way the market can set up uh, protections for people i mean that's what you were enforcing and i'd say that that was a market response to
0: issues of um, uh, complicated issues so this has come up uh man i forget who i was having oh i it might have been an online discussion. The whole like contract to enter a place of business, right? Mm-hmm. To me, not having that in place is the closest argument that I will accept for the existence of the quote unquote social contract, right? Because no, you didn't explicitly sign a, a, a piece of paper, you know, listing all the rules and regulations and terms and agreements before walking into the supermarket, right? However, certain things are understood at a societal and cultural level on how you behave when you're in the supermarket that we don't need to put into a rule book before you enter, right? And the basis of that, I think, is
2: English common law. It it was decided by long practice. What what Hayek would have have referred to as this, uh, uh, you know, the... uh, (laughs) the the spontaneous order developing all these traditions that uh, that people become accustomed to and uh, and you're right it isn't explicitly stated but it is a part of common law
0: because of law and practice and precedent right so so do we need explicit contracts before we enter the grocery store to to absolve people of liability or can those those customary uh, acts those customary laws take precedent and you know, Having grown up in this culture, right, or, you know, migrating to this culture, there's an expectation that you learn some of those those customs uh, when going into a place of business. And if you violate one of them, right, then the property owner will say, hey, dude, you can't do that in here, right? And you got to go, right? And then you either, you either go or you're forcibly removed from the property. Uh, no documentation, no contract, no terms of service required. Well,
2: maybe that means it needs to be the first uh thing you acknowledge at the at the door are we practicing general common law custom or are we tra- practicing specific requirements designed by this
0: property okay. owner but in any case either either case it's up to the property owner so a sign on the door is sufficient then this, this is a this is a common this is a customary common law establishment B- you know behave yourself accordingly otherwise you are no, you're not allowed in right something like that was yeah, that sufficient. Yeah, I like okay. that. Yeah. All right. Fair enough.
2: And it's the kind of thing you see in the, like for example, Creative Commons. It's a signal of certain rules of behavior, but it's encouraging people. Um, okay, make the best use of it. We kind of have a, a trust in what, how you're going to go about things, versus a very specific, um, you know, uh, requirements. So, but yeah, those are the, those are up to the property owner. How much he wants to encourage the customer's um basis uh, based on
0: his risk involved all right fair enough um let's move on to the inflationary aspect of the of the stimulus or whatever they're calling it that the the trillions and trillions of dollars that are now entering the economy uh and the implications of that because this you know this is going to be a continued discussion now you know the third week. Uh, of some disagreement between me and MC. Uh, and then now that you're here, Ken, you know, not to mediate <laughs> or settle the score in any way, but I'll let MC kind of like, I'll, I'll, I'll briefly, and then MC, correct me if I'm wrong. You don't think that this uh, inflationary monetary policy is going to be all that detrimental to the economy as a whole because it's making up for, it's going to pop the deflationary bubble in summer's something to that effect, right?
1: I'm sorry, you want me to say what the situation is first?
0: Well, because Ken led with, you know, this is going to be this is going to be detrimental. They're inflating the currency yet again with this stimulus, and it's my understanding that you disagree with the that that impact uh, based on our previous discussions the last 2 weeks. Okay. Well, first
1: of all, I have to start with saying what we had at the end of 2019, which was a debt bubble that was going to collapse at any time. So uh, some people say, "Well, where's where's the inflation? Where's where where has why haven't we entered in uh, hyperinflation uh, with, with all the uh, printing that's been going on?" Well, they've been they've been printing debt, not not really money. So um, so everybody's in debt, and and the price inflation we have seen is in the things that are. Uh, allowed to uh, have people borrow uh, to buy things so the price inflation we've seen in education in the housing market and in stocks and stocks in particular because companies have been borrowing to prop up the price of their their uh, stocks and so of course when the bubble pops that's what you see uh, fall and so well, we're going to see all those things that you, that you can use credit for uh, which in the U.S. is increasingly everything. Uh, those things are going to come, come down in price uh, because uh, they were overpriced because the because of the credit bu- bubble. But it's a it's a credit bubble that's popping, and that's and that's why um, if you print a little money while uh, the the bubble is popped, it's not going to cause inflation. It's going to s- slow down deflation. Um, so,
0: Ken, big old five point seven trillion dollar stimulus not that big of a deal. Well,
2: I was very surprised that uh, quantitative easing that occurred back in the Great Recession didn't lead to inflation. But I understand how they did it; they just used it to to buy up assets and, you know, prevent uh, the default on on those assets. Um, but now it's uh, bound to be different, I think, in that uh, you know they're printing up the money, and we're having a huge decline in the products and goods and services. So that means. I, it seems to me inevitable that you're going to have rampant inflation, rising prices. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I, Matthew may be right that I, I I don't really quite get the distinction about the printing of money and the printing of debt. Uh, it seems to me that they're both used, being used in the, as the same kind of tool, and instrument,
0: on, and it re- should be reflected in prices, but so if he's right, because your position, Ken, is what's heard, uh, you know, round the libertarian circles all the time, right? You can't print more money. It inflates the currency, drives down the value. People, you know, people's money's worth less. You know, always, always bad to inflate the currency. Um, but you're, you're, you're conceding a little bit in saying that he may be right. And if that's the case, should libertarians shut up? and just let the monetary people do their thing because, obviously, they have this under control?
1: So there's, there's nothing we can do about it as libertarians. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. Ah, but we will um, shout
0: at the rooftops that what they're doing is bad, So right, every time they inflate the currency. So, so
1: my, my main point is that uh, if you're going to play a game, then everybody should be playing by the same rules. Everybody should have the same uh, benefits or... Uh, or rules. Or um, otherwise, Agreed. it's a it's a rigged game. So, if they're going to give uh, some company or bank or whatever uh, billions of dollars to you know buy their stock to keep them afloat or whatever, then they should give me a million dollars. And so, in that way, everybody should get the the, the same equal treatment uh, by the the, the government. Um,
0: but if they did that. Right. So, so they so might as well not ways. give anybody anything well, and then okay, everything works itself out. That's
1: that's fine, too. So okay. give, either give everybody zero or pick a number, whatever they think is good for the economy. What, you know, if if there's a shortfall of liquidity in, in the market, well, you know, don't give it don't don't pick certain people to help out, you know, give it to everybody. That's that's my position. Um, and the libertarian position is, well, don't give anybody anything. Uh, which I'm also okay with. Um, but uh, I, I think there is uh, a shortage of liquidity in the market, and that's wh- why everything is, is crashing. And, and why is because there's, there's too much debt, too many people are in debt. Why are too many people in debt? Because they kept interest rates for, for too low for too long. So the interest rates too low for too long has to be dealt with, and it's going to be dealt with either by printing money and or uh, by bankruptcies. Uh, or a little bit of both,
0: Ken. Well,
2: I I, I like what uh, he's saying, but let me. Uh, there there is always going to be a redistributive effect from inflation, mm-hmm. uh, or whenever they inflate the currency. And by the way, you know, I mean I think we all agree on the on the point that uh, inflation is a deceit by practice by government that they outlaw it for you and me because we would be considered counterfeiters who would be robbing people of products and. And reducing the purchasing power of, of other people's money, so we would go to jail. So the government just does it on a much bigger scale, and they call it monetary policy. Um, but it has a redistributive effect. It's not the same effect for everybody. It's sort of like the helicopter money doesn't benefit everybody the same. When prices go up, the person who has to use that money to buy their food, clothing, and shelter today, usually a lower income person, uh, is going to be hurt by it. Their savings, their wages, the pensions, everything is going down in value. But if you don't have to spend your your dollars today on uh, on um, uh, food, clothing, and shelter, and you can put a bunch of it aside into gold, land, um, collectibles, um, other currencies that may be more stable, uh, or debt, uh, then you're going to be um, benefiting by the inflation. And the government is the biggest player in all of those categories, but so are a number of very, very prosperous individuals who benefit enormously by the inflation. So it's a huge transfer of wealth. Inflation is always a transfer of wealth from the general population. Since it's a it's a regressive tax, hidden regressive tax, the rising of prices, it's a massive transfer of wealth from low-income people to the government and extraordinarily uh, wealthy people. And so I'd say that the whole practice of every kind of inflation is, is going to be damaging to um. Well, the uh, the lowest rungs of society,
0: uh, lowest income levels. Well, in, in this instance, though, what I'm hearing from what I'm what I'm hearing from MC, and again, I'm uh, I didn't hear you walk back on it, so I'm going to assume that you're still conceding that point. Ken, is it could be necessary, right? And if it could be necessary or could be beneficial in this particular instance, then do we? Then does that benefit? Outweigh the costs that it has to the lowest rungs of society. Do we do we do we say yes? It will affect them negatively, but it must be done anyway for the greater good. Well,
1: there's two different types of inflation. So the 2008 type of inflation was bailing out the the bankers and corporations, and of course that wasn't good for people on the lowest ends of, on the rung. So that that was uh, very detrimental. Um, but if, if you're doing an inflation uh, where you're uh, treating everybody equally, then, then the poor person uh, will get the funds. And even if, even if goods are uh, more expensive, they'll, they'll at least have some money to buy some of, a portion of the goods. Um, now, if, if all the, the inflation is given to the, the banks and the corporations, uh, then prices will go up and they still won't have any money. So, uh, that's there's there's two different ways of of looking at the the, okay. the government solutions, um, and they the, the government usually does it the wrong way, because so, politically co- connected you, people
2: <laughs> usually the government will uh, give the impression that they're helping the poor guy, and they do with crumbs, sure, because mm-hmm. that allows them the justification for the much larger assistance to cronies, yes. And uh, so I wouldn't trust any program of, of government to, I mean, um, to be helping out everybody equally because I, well, I don't, just don't trust them to, to do so. They will help out, they will, they will do what looks popular, that's the scene, so that they have a justification for the unseen. And that's the whole King's message. You know Keynesian uh, is is always the academic justification for politicians for what the politicians dream is um, give them all the power uh, of spending and and uh, Money creation whatever um, So that they've got uh, the whole academic world the whole
0: economic world Justifying what keeps them in power so so for this example, let's let's assume uh, MC's uh, original premise Holds true, right? They that they they give it equally to everybody. You know, there there's no malicious intent. There's no real you know government behind the scenes looking to to you know help out their cronies because it's it, that would be like the perfect case for inflation, right? The the best case scenario, if there ever was one. Does that if that were to be if that were true, does that then mitigate uh, the the distributive effect? Of inflating the currency no look price prices could still go up uh,
1: in in any time that you that you print money and give it out but the the problem we're having right now is there's not enough liquidity in the system uh, you know pe people are selling their things that they they thought were were assets and the reason they thought they were good assets was because of uh, easy money so it's you know something something caused uh, well bad incentives cause people to uh, take the, the 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 wrong action. Um, and so the the game that the government has created is is what I call the, the, the like musical chairs. It's like the, while the music's playing, uh, it's, it's really good, you know interest rates are low, and it's it's, it's really bad to hold on to dollars. But when the bubble pops, and it's really good to hold on to dollars, and to me, that's just a stupid game to play. We shouldn't be playing musical chairs with uh, monetary policy.
2: And maybe a great solution to that is um, just allowing choice in currency, so that the people, can, everybody, can shield themselves in their own situation by choosing whatever currency uh, suits their interests
0: best. Mm-hmm. And of course, the government won't do that because it gives up their. Monopoly over control of that sort of thing. Right. Well, for, the government won't do it, but are we not now in a situation where that's more feasible than ever with cryptocurrencies? It, it, is. it is. And
1: and with uh, company, companies that uh, offer uh, gold and silver as, as currency. Um, they're not allowed to put a, a dollar value on their coins, but um, you can still trade gold and silver by the ounce. Ken? And bitcoins? And Well, and, and bitcoins uh, in any amount, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so, one of the things that we always ends up coming down is, right, government creates a problem and then government looks for a solution to solve that problem. And we, the free market types, go like, well, government created the problem, this is the free market solution. Is that what you're saying, uh, either of you, that the, the solution to this government created problem, looking beyond the inflationary government solution to that problem, is, the, is introducing uh, competition and in currency so that people now have a free choice to get out of Federal Reserve notes, if they choose. Yeah, but I,
1: yeah. But I still go back on my uh, original premise that, that the government uh, should take some responsibility for the bubble that they've created and uh, you know provide liquidity in the market. Uh, and that would give people a chance to... Put their value into something they do like, and so, for example, if they gave everybody ten thousand dollars, a lot of people would buy Bitcoin with it. Good for them. A lot of people uh, are completely in debt uh, with their credit cards, and they would be able to pay off their credit cards, and that would be, you know, then they'd be able to pay the banks back, and then the the banks wouldn't have to uh, close, right? So it's, I'm, I'm not saying it's a a perfect solution. There is no perfect solution. It's a government-created problem. I don't I don't think the government is capable of solving um so yeah anyway that's, they're not they're not going to listen to me
2: <laughs> That's an excellent point here we're trying to put out a fire a massive forest fire with a few shovels and buckets of water that the government started and has been running for decades for centuries um you know with um the, all kinds of 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 uh, government created problems And we look a little bit crazy because we're offering a solution that uh, uh, doesn't seem to be of the scope of the problem. But that's because the problem really started a long time ago. Uh, People, for example, will look back at the roaring 20s and say, oh, wasn't the roaring 20s great? And then wasn't the Great Depression bad and the government had to step in, not realizing that it was the 10 years of expansion, well, actually about 15 years of expansion of the credit supply, um, through the Federal Reserve, the newly created Federal Reserve, uh, that, that created this enormous bubble that popped. And so, the, you know, in order to really solve the problem, people have to have the historical perspective. What did the government do to create the problem in the first place? Or as L. Neil Smith puts it, the government behaves like a
0: disease masquerading as its own cure. <laughs> right. So again, so I'm going to, I'm going to repeat the question because maybe, maybe, uh, hearing it a second time will will stimulate a different response. Do we really want government trying to solve their own problems? And isn't that the status excuse for every government programs, existence and continued existence because, well, they have to do something. They got us into this mess and government expands and grows because they don't actually solve the problem. They just continue to create more problems and expand and grow. What's what's the cutoff point where we go like, nope, you fucked this up. We don't need you. We're gonna t- we we may be starting from, you know, last place, well behind, but it's better than you continuing to take the lead. I mean,
1: that that is true. What if, if you look at it at an individual level, the only person that's gonna save you is you and you know your family and you know people that that around you that care for you so it's all about personal responsibility um so when i say that the the government should do x y or z um you know that's it's it's like playing a big experiment but i think uh my my experiment has a better chance of, of success in helping people than the government's uh experiment which is uh Filled with uh, well cronyism and and politically and well-connected people uh, taking the lion's share of you know the handouts and the only reason the handout exists is because the government and that's why people are uh, constantly trying to get that power so that they could you know have the advantage and well
0: know, and it's why people are lining up for their twelve hundred dollar check now. As opposed sure. to like fighting back and say like no fuck you I should be able to go to work <laughs> if I choose to, right? No one wants to go to work. All of a sudden, you know, they they just want the free stuff, right? You said it was I don't know if it's the beginning of the show or pre-show. Like this, this is the, this is the socialism that we've all feared. Because oh no
1: no I I don't think handouts are socialism. I think uh, I think the government owning the means of production is socialism.
2: Okay. Good point. When when the crisis hits, people get all these checks and think, okay, now I've got the money to buy the things. Oh, but the things aren't there anymore because the market isn't producing them. Their answer won't be, oh, now we appreciate the market for what all it was producing. No, their answer will be what uh, MC fears, that the go- they'll say, government, take it over. Like, like uh, already uh, Trump is saying to... General Motors, uh, or I think it's the General Motors, he announced decree. You have to make, uh, ventilators because, uh, I'm controlling
0: now what you produce. Right. So, but there's, so there's no pushback is what is basically what we're all in agreement on, right? There, there's no pushback. There's no calling for an end to this nonsense. It's well, th- government tell them what to do. Give me my freak money so I can buy the stuff that we all need, um, and then, just like you know, just so there's, be-
1: there's one benefit of giving the money directly to the people. And that's if if the market sees that everybody now has money, then they can t- take the risk necessary to get some of that money from the customer. And that puts so anytime uh, somebody has money, then they have a little bit more power over the market because people are competing for their their dollars. So that's why uh, I I look at it is you know, don't give the money to the cronies, give it to the people, and then the people will have the power. Um, And the the only reason I say to do that now is because uh, the government created a a credit bubble that that popped, and so now there's an excess amount of people that have, you know, more debt than they're able to pay. And so we we could, you know, give everybody zero, which would be fair, uh and there'd be a whole bunch of bankrupts or give everybody a hundred thousand dollars or you know any amount in between I don't really care. Uh and then the, the, the people will have the, the money uh to you know pay off you know whoever they deem is necessary and that's that's uh that would be a more free market way of doing it. Uh so there's you know there's different levels of you know how free market do you want? Um obviously the anarchist position is is well don't give anybody anything but that yeah. if if you do that that means getting rid of the federal reserve and i and i don't think fine
0: let's talk let's do that then <laughs> why okay. doesn't why not take the, why not steer the conversation in that direction whenever you're talking to not an anarchist Be- right i think
1: the, the the hard part you run into is right now because there's a lack of, lack of liquidity in the market you're going to have a hard time convincing people at the moment that it's a good thing to shut down the federal reserve
2: yeah that's a good point uh they don't most people don't see the so, Federal Reserve as the source of the problem. So uh,
0: let's Well then it's our job as libertarians so and you, anarchists to open their eyes so that they to, see it clearly.
1: But you have to wait until the, the debt bubble has completely popped and we're back into inflation mode before and maybe even prices rising before you say, Okay, this is what's causing the problem. And then they, they can sort of listen to you. But in in the middle of, oh my gosh, I don't have enough money to, to, to pay my rent or to pay uh, my mortgage or my car bill or you know maybe even my, my phone and then food prices are going up. It's, that's not the time people are going to listen to you.
0: And they're not going to listen to you afterwards because giving out free money isn't going to change their mindset or their behavior in well, the future.
1: And I, I think once uh, inflation kicks in and and uh, everything's owned by the government, and I, I think I think eventually pe- more people are going to see that the game is rigged, but I think it's going to be too late. And and the reason why I say that is because uh, Venezuela didn't know they had socialism until it was too late. So here it comes. I believe it is. I really do.
0: No stop in this train.
1: I don't think so. I think now's probably a great time to, uh, you know, even though – they might not even let you leave, or they might not even let you enter into a different country right now.
0: Uh, but you can't yeah. even you can't even get into a different state right now. Right? <laughs> did, 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 I, can't I'm going to sh- get into
1: Ken's house. <laughs> well,
0: I don't know. I'm I'm going to I'm gonna jump subjects real quick because this is ridiculous. Um, have you guys uh, heard the the I think it's Rhode Island the story coming out of Rhode Island? Anyone no, anyone entering with Rhode Island with New York plates is getting stopped in quarantine for 14 days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. That's legit. Yeah. ACLU's like, I don't know if they can do this, but no, they, who's going to stop them now?
1: They said they're going to do that in, uh, in in Hawaii too. Anybody that comes on a plane uh, after a certain day, they're going to quarantine them for two weeks. So, How
0: are, are they going to enforce that? <laughs> I it's a legit question because I'm planning to be there at the end of May, right? And if I have to get arrested in Hawaii to fucking make a point, I'll go to Hawaii to make a point. Yeah. This like I'm just
2: allow yourself two weeks somewhere. No, I'm
0: yeah. I, I, I'm coming in for like five days, man. I'm flying in Friday, flying out Wednesday. That's it.
2: Well, well, you're it's still dependent not just on the government, but what, what the airline will allow. Will they have flights? They're canceling a lot of flights. That's a different story, they, right? Allow I'll allow that.
0: Right. Yeah. That, now we're talking about like private industry making private decisions on what they do with with consumers. Yeah. Right. Well, the well the government might
1: tell them not to let anybody fly so
0: Well then that's a government problem and then you know yeah. if I can get if I can get on a plane and sneak into Hawaii and dick around for 5 days and get out unmolested right that's the plan if they de- <laughs> if they decide to molest me well then you know here comes another protest of them finding a way to harass me and me sticking it to them as best I can in the limited amount of time I have Yeah Well good luck
1: I, hey. I hope you make it. See, Keep, what you need is is an official government. You no, know, you can probably print one up yourself, but uh, a, a documentation that say you have been quarantined uh, in your in your house for the last two weeks, and so you've already served your quarantine. And then,
0: <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the that's why that's one of the reasons why I led with my my initial question was, how are they enforcing it? Right? Because <laughs> unless there's a fucking guard standing outside my door. I'm going to proceed as though I haven't left the island and I'm not planning to leave the island. And then I'm just going to do so. Right. If they're not checking people coming off the planes and escorting us to the quarantine house. Right. Then I'm just, I'm going to get picked up at the airport. Like I usually, again, provided I can get on the plane, I'm going to get picked up at the airport. Like I normally would. I'm going to fly out as if I normally did. I'm going to visit family and get everyone sick as much as I possibly can. And then I'm coming home, you know, with, with, you know, whatever, whatever I can fit in a suitcase. I think a valid excuse is that you were on a mission uh, to
2: see your doctor or to get groceries. Uh, so tell them you're going to go
0: do those two things, and uh, then they have to leave you alone. I don't even want to get pulled over, Ken, because as soon as they get pulled over, the first thing they ask for is driver's license, and I don't have one. Which is why it's important for me to know if they're actually stopping people, right, with, without without cause, and if they're setting up checkpoints coming and going.
1: I would say now they, they probably will stop people without cause just to give them a ticket. Uh, and they, they, they gave one person a ticket that I know, or a, a friend of a friend anyway, and they, they said they didn't have the, the proper paperwork that says that you know what they're doing is, is uh, you know essential or whatever. Sure. Uh, and of course, then the question is, well, what paperwork do you have to have?
0: Human freedom and liberty is essential, motherfucker.
1: Right, true. <laughs> so, so my answer to that was, well, just print something up, you know, like make, the equivalent of making your own hall pass uh, in high school. Okay, and, and give them that, you know. So, uh, make some documentation that says, you know, that looks official, and and you know, at least you'll have something to hand them. To say, oh, yeah, I'm definitely this is, you know, I'm going to my doctor, and, and you know,
0: <laughs> a doctor's right. note.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> we'll see every student
0: knows how to make that i you know i've never had to forge a document in my entire high school and grade school career so i don't i've never i've never signed my parent i'm i was a good kid good student never bothered with any of that i got detention of real quick because we're, we're at the end i got detention once in high school for not having my dad sign off on an a paper because everything had to be signed off on and i just like whatever it's you know if if you want to give me a B because I didn't get a signature, by all means, I'll take the B. Like we both know what grade I got, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like you you can sit and swirl if I think that letter means anything. I know how smart <laughs> it. am. <laughs> yep. So yeah. All right, but we'll see. We're playing it by playing it by ear as far as the airlines are concerned. Uh, but you you know get your get your jail visitor passes ready because, like I said, I am. I am the stalwart, I am the best, I am the fucking lighthouse on the cliff as far as this is not going to stop me from doing what I normally would do to the best of my ability, right? I didn't go to work today, that's because my boss told me to go in, not because the state quarantined. If the state quarantined and my boss said go to work, I'm going to work because that's the right thing to do as much as possible, right? The, the, The beacon of normalcy amidst the chaos. Final thoughts, gentlemen. Great. Hope we uh still survive until the next uh next session. Yeah, just don't just don't meet anybody in person and you'll be fucking fine. MC. <laughs> You're right. I don't know.
1: just good good luck, you know, fighting off all the, the, the socialists. Um it seems like we've definitely tipped in that direction. Uh so and uh I I don't know any other way of saying it, but I, I think we've gone full socialists. And uh, and we've done it under under God Emperor Trump, and he now has the ability to buy the market
0: and save us all. Maybe we we may save this for another show, but maybe maybe it's good for us to be out of Federal Reserve notes, right? Because oh yeah, oh yeah, if, definitely. if goods if goods and services are still being produced in the agris market and we're all trading cryptocurrency and Bitcoin to get it, right? Then we would we would remain minimally oh, yeah. affected by the socialism yeah. around us. Uh,
1: you know hyperinflation is is on its way um you know i don't know when the bottom of this market is going to happen and that's why i say you know it's a it's a good thing if you if you can get dollars any way that you can right now because uh they're they're gonna uh, buy more goods in the short term as as this deflationary bubble pops uh but in the long term you know after a few months or 6 months i don't know when it's going to happen but yeah we're going to have inflation and it's going to be really good to be out of the dollar and that's All what right. they want they want everybody to uh spend their dollars and pump up the economy make those make those rookie numbers not rookie anymore and there you go yeah 10 trillion come on print it
0: <laughs> pump it up right and again we can we can save this for another show but at some point you, you have to the question has to be asked and someone has to answer right uh, what's the magic number right because the last go around seven eight trillion wasn't enough right uh, it, it moderately helped the economy but it wasn't enough so it's 10 15 20, let's just double the debt right double the debt you know give everyone all that money and so be it it won't matter fuck it final final thoughts Nope. thanks ken
2: Thanks a lot. Nope.
0: All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash experience. Uh, we're on the Float app, float.app slash anarchistexperience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.